Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. <laughs> yep. You're yeah. listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. <laughs> We're back, baby! It's the Jay and Dan Podcast, episode 121. We're back from our three-week vacation. That's the longest I've ever been away from work since I started working, I think. How did you feel toward the end? Were you like, I want to get back at it? I was. You know how I felt? I want to keep being on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I want to retire. I really did. I really could retire right now. I really could retire and just do this podcast and nothing else. How do we make that happen? If I had three more weeks, I may, yeah. have, I may have died, though. So Dan O'Toole here. You're just boozing it up nonstop. <laughs> a lot of swimming pools. Or would a kid, one kid would have drowned. Now, least. were you uh, just looking at people cleaning the said pools, or nope. were you actually in the pools? I was swimming in all of them. Oh, okay. And but- I realized that I have done a handstand in every pool I've ever been in. Okay. Oh, were you that kid, Dan? Random and not, not that interesting, <laughs> but I appreciate cool. I appreciate the the completeness of that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, went up to Canada for a week, mm-hmm. uh, came back here for a week cause I wanted to sleep in my own bed and then went back there for a week. Let's talk about this for a second. So I expected you to be up there for three weeks and after a week you were just like, yeah, I want to, want to. Why not, eh? Cause you, where were you staying? Were you in the, the cottage? You were at the cottage? We stayed, uh, we stayed in Toronto. Then we uh, went to beautiful Elmhurst resort in Peterborough. If you ever uh, looking to go fishing, go to Elmhurst. Very nice. Um, did you get to stay for free for saying that? No, I did not. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, sleeping in a hotel beds, you're like, okay, I want to be in my own bed. Yeah, yeah. I don't really feel that way. I could sleep. <laughs> I could live in a hotel. But I always think, like, what did the last person do on this mattress? Yeah, that makes it exciting. <laughs> and then I can add my own DNA. <laughs> I'm coming, baby! <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The biggest highlight, though, I Instagrammed it after it happened. Uh, we went to a Blue Jays game. It was the Mariners and Jays uh, three weeks ago. I went with uh, my two daughters, Sydney and Ruby, by the second inning. Ruby O'Toole said, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I said, Tends uh, to happen with five-year-olds. I said, uh, Papa, pay a lot of money for these tickets. <laughs> Papa, pay a lot. <laughs> yeah, had to stub hub it. Uh, not cheap. Ooh. A lot of fans going to these games now. Well, yeah. You got to give, give us a dollar figure. I think they're like 120 140 each. Oh, that's not that bad, is it? Yeah, I can't remember the last time I paid for a ticket. But you were, that's true. But you you had good seats. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, so we were about uh, 20 rows back, and then so I'm like, okay, well, on the way out, I'm like, how about if we get you a Sunday in a little Blue Jays hat? Yeah. A little helmet Sunday. That's so, fun. Uh, she's like, okay, fine. So that bought me another inning at least. Right. And then so we're getting near, uh, it's like uh, middle of the fourth, and uh, Ruby's like, I want to go. I'm like, okay, just w- let's wait till this uh, this inning's over. And then I proceed to talk to uh, Sydney. I'm like, you know, I've been coming to these games for 40 years. Never once got a foul ball. She's like, ah, well, maybe it's my time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's never going to happen. Three Way pitches. To encourage your kids, Dan. <laughs> three pitches later, ball comes flying back off the off the bat of Nelson Cruz. Hits about two sections over. I'm like, oh, that was kind of close. There we go. We we got to oh. Then everyone's moving around because it's bouncing around. It's oh. rolling down the seats. It's Every- rolling down the stairs. And I'm like. It's like Plinko. Ruby's on my knee with her ice cream sundaes. Now ice cream soup. And uh, so I'm like looking around. Oh, crap. My microphone's all tight. <laughs> so I'm looking down. I'm like, ah, I guess we didn't get it. And then I turn around and there's Sydney O'Toole with the ball. Yes. yes. Holding it yes, up. guy. Everyone high-fiving. And the look on her, it was just like pure shock, amazement, yeah. joy. Like. For a kid, there's nothing like that, right? I know. I was so jealous. Yeah. So I took it. You stole it from her. <laughs> and she's like, Daddy, that's mine. And you're like, you know who paid for these tickets? <laughs> Shut up! So uh, as I told her, I'm like, you earned that foul ball. It wasn't handed to you. Some no. adult didn't hand it to that's you. That's right. That's not the way to get a foul ball. No. So uh, we left right after that, and uh, it was worth every penny. Perfect. That worked out great for you. Oh, yeah. Good job. Was- Good job. Yeah. So Nelson Cruz, I said this guy hits a lot of home runs. You're speaking, <laughs> you're, are you Italian now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey kids, uh, 
And, uh, for a pizza. and then the uh, the trip ended uh, with uh, I stayed at a beautiful farmhouse in uh, Prince Edward County. My friend Sean's, um, and I was saying bye to everyone with my girls, and and uh, we're standing next to the pool. And I said to Ruby, "I'm like, don't fall in." And I I like lifted her over the pool, but when I got her back onto the pool deck, I realized I was off balance. Uh oh! And there was nothing to grab onto. So I'm like, I can't drag her into the pool. So I let go of her and just slowly <laughs> fell back into the pool, fully clothed with my phone. 2016, yeah. the year of Dan. So I've got. Yeah. Uh, sounds pretty wild, man. Got no phone. Uh, and the best part. <laughs> so we interviewed Josh Dumel, who yeah. is in a brand new movie coming out this Friday called Spaceman, where mm-hmm. he plays Bill Spaceman Lee. Uh, by the way, what a terrific guy. Yeah, we're going to play that interview. We're going to play that interview mm-hmm. on this podcast. And then uh, we also, in between, so we had him, we interviewed at noon. And then at three o'clock today, we interviewed Conor McGregor. So we had a few hours to kill. So you went to get your new phone from the local T Mobile store, yeah. not even local, over by your place. And, uh, yeah. and what happened you, when they, you got uh, to the store? Again, so it, it's a business phone. So there's a lot of emails and stuff. And they're like, Amy's got to come get this phone. I'm like, I don't know who Amy is. Yeah, Amy. She probably mm. works here. <laughs> yeah. So so I just, I don't have a phone. Like, I, but it's very liberating not having a phone. This, I didn't yeah. have a phone for a month when I first got here. It's great. I, so while no I was No one can gone, get a hold of you. No, that's the thing. While I was gone on for the three weeks, I didn't go on Twitter. Uh, I did go on Instagram. I didn't go on Twitter, Facebook. I didn't really answer my emails or check my texts. Yeah, it's nice. It's refreshing. You clear your head a little bit. Where'd you go? Mm. I had a good, uh, I had a good time. I went to uh, Kelowna, BC, first of all, for a week. Love, Easy city dropper. Yeah, love the Okanagan. Love hanging out in the Okanagan. So beautiful up there. And then, uh, ooh, that was Jim cracking open a tea van. Yeah, that sounded like a hurt. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're breaking someone's neck. There. <laughs> <laughs> <It did. laughs> uh, yeah, I went there for a week, and then went to. Uh, we took the little baby over to Europe for two weeks, and I know Whoa. what you're thinking. Why would you take a baby to Europe? The answer is simple, because she flew for free. Oh, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once she gets over two, those trips, they come to an exactly. end. Exactly. So we're like, we got to cram this in. But we, in our minds, we were thinking, well, what the f*** are we thinking here? Because it's a nine-hour difference from Los Angeles to London, England. And so this kid's going to be all f***ed up. And we're only going for like 11 days and three of the days she's going to be getting back under her normal time. Anyway, the first night, we're like, all right, here we go. This is going to be a nightmare. She sleeps for 12 hours, back on the perfect schedule. We're good to go. Strapped her in a little baby carrier, took her all around Europe. It was a great time. But the best part was we're in London for a week. Love that town. Tools, they went out to all the places that we were there for. for Did you pick up all the things we forgot? Yep. Grabbed, uh, remember when we (laughs) used to pee in in Starbucks cups at Trafalgar Square because they didn't get a... uh, I, they didn't get a toilet for us. I guess they, they couldn't. And we were on no air permit. for three hours, one hour, I don't know. Two hours. Two hours. Two hours at a time. Uh, so venti we, cups? Yeah. You, we'd, fill, you fill a venti? Yeah, yeah, we'd fill a venti. Oh, yeah, yeah. overflow yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of our pee in Trafalgar Square, if you're ever visiting. But yeah, went there, uh, uh, went to Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club, oh, just so went cool. outside. Oh, what a cool yeah. club that is, Jim. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, stood outside, couldn't go in because we had the f***ing kid. Kid ruins everything. But, uh, but then we went to Barcelona, and this is cool, Toolsy. Uh, so we get there, and we go to check in the hotel, and beautiful hotel, and this uh, concierge comes up, young guy, and he says, uh, Oh, Mr. Onright, I'm a big fan. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is... Uh, someone just Googled my name or something. <laughs> was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, and then he says, I went to McGill in Montreal. I'm a, I'm an intern here, but I'm going into hotel management and, uh, I love the podcast. I love the show. Why not, eh? He's a son of an Italian diplomat. His name's Carlo. Lived in Canada for a while. Didn't he drop a line too? Yeah. He, uh, if you check my Instagram, uh, you can see Carlo, uh, dropping a, going for a dart. <laughs> yeah, going for a dart, bud. And uh, so, Carlo, what a terrific guy. Booked all our restaurants. He uh, took us for a tour of La Bocaria, the big famous food market. He ordered in Spanish, so we weren't ripped off. Uh, a lot of pickpockets in Barcelona. You got to watch out. Yeah. You got to watch out there. Really? It's like, yeah. You just of, walk around with your, your, your pockets out, and you're like, hey. I got hey. nothing. <laughs> hey, I'm a broke, huh? <laughs> 
When I went, some friends had phones stolen. Yeah. Really? Beach. Oh, yeah. 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 They'll come right up and they'll distract you and they'll grab your phone. They were, oh, Carlo was wow. telling me that there was a guy who had a Patek Philippe watch on outside of the hotel in a really nice area of Barcelona and somehow had his watch taken off his wrist as he was standing outside. <laughs> No, I couldn't figure that one out. <laughs> Taxi cab. <laughs> uh, got it. What? What happened there? Oh, well. Welcome to my world. Enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> Only cost me $30,000. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was awesome. You know, you look like you could use a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love going over there. So anyway, you know, the, the point is I was all terrified about this trip and how this kid was going to uh, react, but now that the kid was so so good, I think we're going to go back in the spring. And it sounds like you should adopt Carlo. Carlo was a cool dude, man. Carlo's got it figured out. And he, Carlo's like, you know, my dad has a, a house in Menorca. I've got an apartment in London. Uh, come hang out sometime. So... Carlo. Pretty Carlo's big my deal. best friend now. Yeah, Carlo's yeah. my friend. So mm. shout out to Carlo. Good guy. Friend of the pod. Yeah, big time friend of the pod. Hey, we could go on a European tour. Yeah, I'm would all for right? I would love that. It'd be uh, just like being on the road with GNR again. Yeah, oh. yeah that's right. Jim, you were uh, off, off for a little bit. You had out, uh, You didn't go out east this time, though, did you? No. You were touring college. Oh, look at all the sun yeah. you got. Yeah. 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 hanging on by the San pool. San Francisco. Yeah. Little yep. Haight Ashbury yep. dropped yep. some acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of that. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, came down along the Pacific Coast oh, nice. there. Yeah, nice. yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, we were up there in Big Sur and your your son's thinking Winston of going to Berkeley, Beach. right? Yeah, Berkeley. yeah, Berkeley's one of the schools. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, a couple of places. Yeah, I, I mean. Santa Ooh. Barbara would be a cool yeah, place. Yeah, Santa Barbara, nice two-hour drive. Yeah. yeah. You'd visit every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm liking that. Yeah. You know, and he's looking at Ir UC Irvine, UC San Diego, you know. I think so. you need, if you're going to college or university, you need to be at least two to three hours away from home. You need that separation. Yeah, yes, that's what sure. I did I, sure. a couple hours away. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. even more of a separation is good for kids, but uh, two, three hours min, for sure, I think. Yeah, you need to be yeah. in a yeah. different area code. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would have to agree with that. Uh, I forgot to mention, um, I was also in Ottawa. Went to uh, Ottawa and went to the War Museum. If you are in the nation's capital of Canada, go to the War Museum. Oh, my God. What a job they've done. That's, uh... <laughs> That's arted. Did you take the kids to the War Museum? I did. How how they handle that? They're fine. Yeah. They got to go in a World War One bunker. Oh, that's cool. They fight someone? <laughs> and then they send like guys in like, we're going to fight you. Got, got McDonald's on the way because we stayed in Gatineau. I know. Why? why? Stayed at the casino. Oh. <laughs> and some craps. Was there a pool there? Oh, yeah. So the pool at the, the, the Laclamy Casino. By the way, they helped me. Great hotel. They gave us a corner suite, full view of the Ottawa Valley, the Parliament Hill. Everything. Shout out to the Hilton. But I, be <laughs> <laughs> but I believe they have a seniors uh, a seniors uh, deal. Oh, <laughs> where they used the pool and the gym for a price because oh. we could see the pool from our room. And at one point, we counted thirty-eight seniors <laughs> swimming in that pool. A lot of pee in that pool. Oh yeah, a so lot of pee. I'm like kids. We a lot do, of adult. Diapers. We do not go down until there's under twenty, <laughs> under twenty seniors. So that was the rule. So we didn't, we didn't see the pool. Hey, by the way, um, our camera, the TV camera, it's uh, or the YouTube camera. There's no one manning the camera right now. No. Uh, our friend Mark Potter came in, locked it off, made sure the shot was right. So what we have learned... Yeah, he left. Is Yeah, he's gone. Like, he's out gone. of here. It's Not just, even, nope, it's just the four of us. It's just Rich, it's Jim, it's me and Dan. So what we've learned is that for, for two and a half years, Mike Botticello was, <laughs> was working the camera, by putting in air quotes, unnecessarily. He had nothing really to do here. I wish Mike died. <laughs> 
Mike looked like he had a pretty good vacation. He was out in Lake Country or something. I don't know. Lake Country? <laughs> and Ben Teller, he's that? usually here. Ben Teller, he went to Thailand. Connecticut, I think. Is he's arriving uh, back from Thailand today? Thailand. Yeah, he's getting yeah. back today. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got to go through the Silkwood shower before we Big allow time. him back. He apparently saw because... some interesting shows from oh, some yeah. women in Thailand. Yes, he did. He went to a few... Uh, Few, uh, I'd say it, uh, ladyboy shows. Uh, we'll hear all about that. Ben Teller, ladyboy adventures. <laughs> uh, we told well, him to document it. What was uh, the show he went to see? Ping pong. <laughs> I think they called it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, uh, yeah. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing about that on the next uh, Jane Dan podcast. But do, I understand we have someone on the phone. We yeah. Have, we have uh, the uh, the host of uh, the brand new NFL Network morning show. Good morning, football. Uh, I've been watching it, and I think it's terrific. He's doing a great job. It's our good friend and Olive Garden aficionado, Peter Schrager. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter, how are you? Uh, it's like an old friend I haven't seen around. Kind of meal you kind of got off of. You try to go on a diet, and then you come back to it and just love it so much. I miss the podcast. Miss you. uh, you're you're yeah. cutting out on us, Pete. Hey, Peter, Did you I pay your phone bill? Uh, Oh, Are you on move the to a different phone or move, something? Move to a different part of the apartment. I guess I will. Give me one second. Call, hey, Jim, oh, give that's me two better. seconds. That's better. That's there better. You got me? Yeah, yeah that's got better. You now. Got yeah. you now. Oh, boy, that was embarrassing. Sorry, fellas. Talk about, talk about a false start out of the gate. Hey, Shregs, at least you're not like Mike Botticello and you ran camera on our podcast for two and a half years and were, did it in, under totally false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what that means. What does that mean? The camera is Mike locked is off. There's no one here running it. it. He was here for no reason the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, I, before I broke up, that I, hearing your voices is like, you know, you go on a diet, and then you, you miss a certain meal, and then you say, you know what? I need to have it. That's what it feels like. I've been missing you guys so much, and now you're like my macro Peter, uh, get near a window yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, and I heard you, and we missed you, too, We missed you, way. too. We uh, missed you, too. So this is great, though. Jay mentioned your new show on the NFL Network every single morning. How is it going so far? Well, guys. Ah, it's, there uh, you go. That's uh, better. Oh, there That's it is. Better. It's a 3 a.m. wake-up every day. Oh. That? Uh, but the show is from 7 to 10 on the East Coast, and I think it airs in Canada. It does, and Pete. And I'm having an absolute blast. I love it. It's three hours. We talk football. We talk pop culture. It's not the typical NFL show you see on television where it's this guy talks, this guy talks. It's just freewheeling. It's kind of weird. It's a little off off base. And I love it. It's right up my alley. It's and Peter, great. before the show started, were you a morning guy? Because I hate mornings. No. No, I'm still not a morning guy. Guys, I get, I get woken up at like 2.30. I go in. It takes me about four coffees, and then we get going, and it takes me about ten minutes into the show to actually feel comfortable. But I'm being honest. I absolutely love it. Like, it's fun. And then when I'm done with the show, it's like 10 a.m., and I look on Twitter, and the the, the world is just waking up, and we've already made some headlines. So it's a different perspective. Uh, I like the idea of, like, Jay and Dan at night. I see you guys from, like, 11 to 11.30. Yeah. I, I, I wake up. I can do my show. And then I'm back out, and I feel like we bookend the night. It's great. And then the other thing, Pete, is you are, from what I understand, you're still with Fox. In fact, you're still going to be doing sideline reporting for the NFL this fall, right? This is an amazing situation for me personally because I didn't want to leave Fox at all, and I'm still doing Fox Sports 1 in the same exact capacity I was doing anyway. So, guys, if you ever want to have me on your show, you haven't done it in months, I'm available. <laughs> I'd love to join. I'd love to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I'm walking around Brooklyn with a with a, with a sandwich board on. Hey, Jane, Dan, let me on your show. If right. you ever want me, I'm here. I'm available. But we have, uh, we have big superstars, though. We had Josh Dumel on. The show on Wednesday. Oh, was he doing? Was he doing the Fox Sports car wash? Is that what he was doing? Yeah, he was doing the car wash for his new movie, Spaceman, where he plays Bill Spaceman Lee. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's got a sports touch. I actually think that's a pretty good booking. That's great. Um, if you, you know, so I've got that going on. I'm willing to come on whenever you guys want. But in all seriousness, I'm going to do column as often as I can. And then uh, every Friday, I'll be at a team facility doing what I was doing last year. And then Saturday and Sunday, working it. And then Sunday on the sideline. With a Fox wow. crew, so I'll be with Tom Brenneman, Charles Davis, and for seven different games with a guy that I've never met who I grew up worshiping, Chris Spielman. So I'm really excited about it. 
Now you, uh, this is so. This is essentially you working seven days a week for the entire seventeen weeks of the National Football League season. Uh, Peter, how is your wife reacting to this news? <laughs> yeah, the wife. I uh, haven't seen much of her. Um, <laughs> here she's doing well. I've gotten some texts. Some emojis. Uh, I think she's all right. She's doing fine. She's a trooper. Uh, I guess I'll see her in March. That sounds yeah, good. it's fine. So she the, probably the, prefers the it emoji she sends. She just sends angry face, and you just send Z's. Like, like yeah, you're no, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, she sends the pile of poop. Yeah, yeah the, that poop, one, the I, poop emoji. Uh, the poop emoji. And I write back with like a picture of like a lemon. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. If, you, if you're getting up at 2.30, what the hell time do you have to go to bed? Yep, that's a great question. So I kind of lied. I said I watch you guys. I haven't watched a second. Trigger <laughs> um, mom. <laughs> kind of lie. Kind of lie. I am. I am in bed. I'm in bed at eight o'clock. Here's the crazy thing, oh, Dan. Wow. And I'm used- wow. I'm used to telling guys at one. Oh. I haven't seen a second of the second of the other. And oh. I don't go back to the window, wherever you right, are. Yeah, go back where you were, Pete. Go back where you were. We had you until the. But last I heard answer. you. Yeah, you said you haven't seen a second of the Olympics. A second of the Olympics. Pete. Oh God. Pete, we lost you. We're losing you, Pete. Go back to where you oh, were. My God. Oh, now there. Now I got you. Oh my God. Where Pete? Oh, seen a, okay. Pete, do you live in a bunker? Yeah, I haven't seen a second of the Olympics. Yes. Don't care. You could tell me Katie Ledecky just threw a, a bow and arrow across the field. I don't know what that means. Like, there are storylines that I'm seeing in the newspapers in the morning that are like, oh, my God, this, you know, Afghani woman helped this Palestinian woman across the finish line. It could be onion headlines. I believe it. I haven't seen a second of it. I don't miss it. It's football season. That's all that matters in my eyes. But we were at the last Olympics together. You yeah, Shrake, that's fever. how we became pals. Guys, I thought of you immediately when I saw this Ryan Loxy story of him getting held up. <laughs> I said, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that Jay, Dan, and I did not get in some international interest over there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. How did we not get Well, robbed? we almost did. If you read Jay's second book, in the foreword, Peter describes our last time all together in Sochi, and it was yeah. a terrifying experience. I thought we were going to die. Nah, it was nothing. There were, there were multiple times where I thought, okay, I mean, if this is it, this is it. I'm having a good time. I'm in Sochi. No one else is going out this way. If, uh, if, we, if, we if, may- yeah, if you're going to die, die in Russia. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Die during a figure skating competition. Why else? <laughs> I mean, it. But we made it out alive. I, I think we're alive. I think we're better for it. Uh, I don't know, though, guys. The Olympics was one of those things for me where I checked the box. I'm not exactly yearning to get back, and I thought it was a good experience. Me Listen, guys and we'll be together in Pyeongchang, <laughs> Peter. In Pyeongchang, South Korea, we will all be together again. You, me, Dan, Robert Lucetich. Lots of other fun people. <laughs> you know what? The best part about the Olympics, I'm going to get sentimental. The best part about the Olympics, the friendship that we forged and formed, that's where, Jay, you and I walked into a, a player's lounge in LPA. We saw Artist Urbe. We thought yes. it was so cool. And then Artist Urbe walked out of the bathroom. We walked in, and it smelled like hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Archie was dropping and bombs. And then wasn't Arthur Zerbe describing how hockey worked? Yeah, guys? Ar- Arthur Zerbe <laughs> was describing all the different elements that go into making a hockey game. It was, like, it was honestly like a Seinfeld episode. Here's Arthur Zerbe. <laughs> I look at I look at Jay in my mind. I go, "Ooh, look, the Latvian legend. There he is." We start talking Arthur Zerbe. We think it's going to be a two minute conversation. Literally, you can do one of those like television shows, like the time lapse, where they oh, come yeah. talk. Oh yeah, Four for sure. Four hours later, oh, yeah. it's about the '94 shark. If if you need somebody to fill time on your television show, maybe a telethon, a 24-hour telethon, call Archie from Riga, flying him in from Riga, and uh, he'll definitely fill that time. No question about it, Archie. What was he there for? Tools? He was like translator, right? Because he, I, I don't, I don't think, I think he the NHL. <laughs> I think the NHLPA had hired him as a translator. <laughs> Because he knew how to speak Russian. Uh, Jay, I'm not even kidding. There was at the time, and I don't know if this guy is still there, but the Lightning had a lot being gold. I mean, all you said was like, blah, blah, blah. He might be good, right? And Urban talking to this lot. Two of us kicking each other. Yeah. He talked about that uh, that Latvian goalie. 
Was that Vasilevsky? It might have been, right? I think right? that's who it must have been. Yeah, he loved talking about that guy. Yeah, he talked about him for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Herbe on the podcast. Whenever a three-hour one. For the rest of the time, because we kept running into him, whenever we saw him, I just avoided I just uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it looks like someone's over there that uh, I need to help out. So we dare each other. I don't think they would be like, go up to Herbe and just tell me. See what happens. Let's just go for it. Let's throw it out. Uh, Shregs, listen, we got to let you go. We got to let you get some sleep. But uh, a reminder to our Canadian listeners yes, Shregs is right. The NFL Network, uh, of course, you can get it in Canada. So you can see Shregs do his thing. He's killing it. Nate Burleson, Kyle Brandt, (laughs) and uh, Kay Adams, terrific host. Um, It's It's great. great. Uh, I'll tell the the listeners this one. You love this one. So we were doing a segment where you're building the ultimate quarterback. So it's like, whose arm would you choose? Whose head would you choose? Whose legs would you choose? So it's like Cunningham's legs and the arm of Dante Culpepper. And I got a tweet from one of the Canadian viewers saying, I want, you know, Doug Flutie's feet, yeah. Anthony Toplio's <laughs> arm. And yeah. I read it. I read it on air. I was like, this is for the CFL fans up there. And I got a, I got a note from one of the producers. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, expanding into the international. I'm like, Yes, more Canadian football league. Let's do it. Let's go for it. I like today you built your perfect running back and you had uh, you had Christian Okoye and for the shoulders, right? Was that what, what? Just for his shoulders. So here's the thing about this show, and I'm such a nerd. We have full access to the NFL Films library. Oh, so anything wow. we want. If, I, if I'm like, hey, I want 1973 Vikings Fran Tarkenton highlights, within seconds I have it. So we had this thing and we were like, let's just get Earl Campbell and Christian Okoye highlights. So on our show today, for two minutes, with us just talking over it, there was two minutes of Nigerian nightmare highlights. Yeah. It was awesome. It was but fun. the thing about Okoye, like, you know, he had those massive shoulder pads, and all I could think of from a hockey fan perspective was that would be like building the perfect goaltender and insisting on Garth Snow's yep. shoulders because <laughs> of his giant shoulder pads that were like a Frankenstein robot. That's it. It would be like having a Peter Klima helmet and just going to work on that. <laughs> uh, and Schrager, just so you know, um, we own Schrager bombs at Fox Sports, so you are not allowed to use that. There. Funny you say that. I don't think I don't think that transfers. I think that is a that is an FSL with Jay and Dan uh, property and priority and. As long as you'll have me, I'll come on as many times as you'd like. I'd love to keep this going. Uh, Trigger bomb. <laughs> there it is. We love you, Shrag. So go get some rest and uh, don't go out with Michael Sarah uh, like you normally do on a normal weekday night in Brooklyn. Hey, Sarah, in sausage party in theaters now, I saw it because it was 100 <laughs> degrees. In, um, in New York, and it was the only thing that's air conditioning. I loved it. Okay, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go see that. And, it's supposed uh, to be funny. I-, I saw an article, but I said, this is great for Hollywood because it's an original idea that's getting put on the big screen instead of Jason Bourne 47. What are you doing with your legs there? I was going like this. Why are you <laughs> doing that? To stress my point. You. Someone wanted me to bring up the... Uh, I think it was oh the Wheeler Walker Jr. interview. That you oh had, my Jimmy Lake! You had the Jimmy oh, Lake going have, nonstop. I always Can have we get Dan O'Toole here. Can we get some meds for you? Or? No, if you look it up, it's a condition. It's like restless leg. <laughs> Dan is generally awkward. Um, by the way, uh, can we mention our Wall of Fame? Yes. The late great John Saunders. This was like shocking news. Uh, it was. A Canadian sportscaster uh, who's, you know, huge down here in the United States and has been at ESPN for many years hosting the sports reporters in college football. And um, Raptor fans may remember first couple of years of the Raptors. He was doing the play-by-play for the Rappy Raps. Um, used to be at City TV in Toronto. One of the few guys that uh, that we have not met. That we didn't get the chance to meet, to meet him. Um, so, yeah, but uh, that was suggested to us. Uh, so so we, we thought that was very appropriate. So there you go. John Saunders on the wall. Uh, should we do, read our sponsorship uh, here? This is exciting. Yeah. Uh, whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably 
Boring. Me undies is here to change. Let me just say quickly as an aside, me undies all through Europe kept me comfortable as I was trying to walk up Park Guell, which is like a 15-minute walk oh, straight uphill. And, and yeah. I also used me undies in Ontario with the humidity. They yeah. held the gold bond in. Right. You got to go through. Every pair of me undies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. And trust me, it is soft. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of me undies. Once you try them, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies is dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember Superman? Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. You can save up to $8 a pair with a MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair. 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Dan. That's MeUndies.com slash Dan for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com slash Dan. I cannot stress that enough. Free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, give them a try. They're really, really good. They're, they're good. And you surprise uh, your lady friend, your wife, your fiance, uh, uh, your buddies. Uh, you, hey, guys, look at these. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, boom! <laughs> nuts. Jim, you wear them, right? I'm wearing them right now, yeah, and my buddy. balls feel like they're cradled in clouds. Yeah, that's exactly how you want to feel on a day-to-day basis, and that yeah. leads us to Six Degrees with Engineer Jim. Can I stress c- the humidity in the swamp ass? Oh, oh my God. Toronto's too humid. It. Crazy humid it's up there. It's gross, man. Oh, yeah. Some days, it's, oh. it's nasty up there. Okay. Sorry. Here we go. No, no. Here we go. Uh, you should describe what... Uh, this is. This oh segment. yeah! If you if you're a first time listener, uh, uh, James Mitchell, engineer Jim, is a uh, award winning audio engineer who's worked on many many wonderful records over the course of his career, and worked with so many wonderful artists that he has a connection to seemingly all of them. Mm-hmm. You send in your suggestions for bands that you would like to know if Jim has a connection to, either directly or indirectly. And Jim answers for you. So I love these suggestions today, Jim. This one from Derek Lutz. Uh, and this is a favorite of Toolsy and mine. Uh, from Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler. Heard it on the radio today. On the what a guitar player. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I have a direct connection with him. I ha- haven't worked directly with him, but I have with guys in his band. Um his uh, piano player, keyboard player, Jim Cox. Yeah, uh, good yeah the guy's unbelievably talented. Uh, he played on some uh, stuff on uh, some Billy Bob records for us. And also, I worked with him like on a ton of different like TV shows. Like, uh, I, I want to say, I want to say he was the keyboard player. When we did all the um, Star Trek Next Generation stuff. Jesus, man. That's and, crazy. And, uh, uh, like, uh, there was a TV show we did, a uh, um, Duet. I think he might have played the piano on that. That's the Huey Lewis one? And, uh, no, that's a movie, Duets. Oh, Duets, uh, which I think I worked on that, <laughs> really? too. I think yeah. so. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, a lot of different stuff, like Murder, She Wrote and all that stuff. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Jim is a phenomenal, phenomenal musician, and uh, it's wild because when they tour, uh, he th- there's like certain dates he can do and certain things he can't because he can't fly. He has an issue with like the pressure with his right. ears. Okay. The so keyboard he, player? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, the guitar player who's been a longtime collaborator with him and I'm not sure if he produced any of his stuff, but um, he he produced uh, um, one or two Marty Stewart albums, who Marty I've worked with, again, with Billy Bob, and Marty did uh, all the Pretty Horses soundtrack that we were nominated for a Golden Globe for. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, Richard Bennett is his name, and Richard plays guitar. He's sort of like, he's kind of like the... Uh, guy behind the scenes he's just he can play anything and uh certainly almost on he is on par with mark knopfler as guitar player because mark knopfler is considered one of the best ever correct yeah absolutely and you know uh back about maybe 10 years or so ago he did an album called shangri-la that they did at shangri-la studios in malibu 
which is where the band uh, worked on a lot of their stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. really cool. Does Robbie Robertson own that studio, or is that like just coincidentally because he was living out there? They did the yeah, stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he owns it. Right. Right. Yeah. Knopfler has such a like a distinctive uh, guitar playing style. Right? Oh, like so you good. Just know man. it's him. Yeah. Right. Is Lo- he still putting out records like solo? Yeah, he yeah. is. Uh, like, uh, uh, he does a lot of like country stuff. He works with a lot of country artists. As a matter of fact, the guy who produced a lot of his solo stuff, Chuck Ainley, is a, a huge country producer engineer. He does a lot of, I mean, Faith Hill, you name it, he does everybody. Uh, the next it. one is from uh, Cameron Foster. He wants to know if you have any connection to Fight Club star Meatloaf. Who collapsed on an Edmonton stage? Yes. Yes. I do. And he did collapse recently. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Is, no, he, no. is he okay? I think so. I think so. I don't know. Uh, they uh, didn't really uh, say. A buddy what it of mine, was, right? uh, a good friend of mine, Joel Gottlieb, who anchors the CTV News at 5 o'clock. And what a guy. He uh, was front row for that concert. And he oh, said. No the whole show, he was like, he does not look good. And I believe he had canceled the show the night before in Alberta and then decided to do this show and just didn't look good and, yeah, collapsed. But, but you're right. We've never really heard, like, how he's they, doing. I mean, the the thing, they just said he was dehydrated. Right. So maybe, maybe now, he was when just I hear, it too Now, hard. Jim, I know you know better than anyone about this, but when I hear that an artist uh, or a musician is dehydrated, I assume that that artist or musician is doing too many drugs. I think that's a very fair assumption <laughs> yeah, to make. It's dehydrated yeah. or they, they are exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. 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 I, often, I often heard exhaustion. Yeah. 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 But in, in Meatloaf's case, I, I have no idea. But uh, I do have a co- connection with him. Uh, I, when I was at record playing, he came in for a couple of days uh, working on stuff that eventually... I believe came, uh, was part of Bad Out of Hell too. Oh, but uh, back into hell, back into hell. Yeah. And last night, this is crazy because uh, I watched a movie on him last night. I think it's on Showtime. I highly recommend it. It's Meatloaf in and out of hell, and a lot of it is on the making of Bad Out of Hell and his early career, and it, and and it comes, it goes all the way up to like. Him working with Steinman and and doing a Vegas show and a bunch of other stuff, but um, it's a great movie. Uh, my connection to him is with the guitar player who played with him for years and did all the guitar on "Bad Out of Hell," Bob Kulick, hmm. and Bob uh, produces a lot of like, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, kind of like. Uh, you know, uh, albums like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, you know, like uh, an album, we did a, uh, an Alice Cooper, tri- he does tribute albums. Oh, okay. So we did a Al- Alice Cooper tribute album that I did with Slash. And uh, I believe it was, uh, I want to say we did, um, I think it was, uh, it was either 18 or Schools Out. I forget the track we did. And Roger Daltrey did the vocals, and Bob was the producer of the stuff. Wow! Yeah, um, and, Daltrey. I, and yeah, and I I worked with uh, with Bob's brother Bruce Kulick, who played guitar in Kiss for a while. And Bruce, uh, he was the guy who replaced Ace Frehley when they went without the makeup. Oh and gosh, during the Lick It Up era. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Bruce had a band called Union. And uh, I I mixed that album. It was a great album. It was with John Karabi, who was the guy that replaced Vince Neil and Motley Crue for an album. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. That was the... Oh, man. I remember that well now. Yeah. And that Brent, was the Motley Crue, Motley Crue album. And Brent Fitz, who's a Canadian who plays drums in Slash's new band, Slash and the Cons- Conspirators, with Miles Kennedy. So it all comes around all comes full together. circle, baby. Man, Daltrey, listen to Daltrey doing vocal takes. That must have been pretty yeah, wild, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh, um, yeah, he's I good. get to see him at I that ask you, trip. I'm so excited. I want to ask you one more question before. Uh, I think we what we should do is uh, tack on the Josh Dumel and Conor McGregor interviews at the end. 
Okay. Together? Sure. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we spoke to them both on Wednesday. So Josh Dumel, he's got a new movie coming out. You'll hear that. This interview. Friday. Bill Spaceman Lee. And Connor McGregor, last time we had him on, he was on with Nate. He needs someone to to bounce off of because he takes a couple minutes to to get into our interview. Yeah, but he once he does, I think it, if you're a UFC fan, you'll you'll appreciate it for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's I coming. think you know it's interesting because Connor in person is so He's engaging, quiet. but 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 I mean in interviews, yeah, he could be quiet. Like if he doesn't have someone there to spark him and you know get him really going, yeah, he can be a quiet guy, thoughtful. So uh, of, Jim, my of, question to you that we've never asked. Have you ever worked with a a singer in which you're like, I can't believe that person didn't make it big? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, a few. Um, there was a band I worked with uh, with Geffen uh, called Halfway Home. And uh, we did them, it was in the early 90s, and we did a couple of records. And the girl's name is Jenny Barry. And I think at one time, you know, she dated Dave Navarro. She was in the music scene. And it was cool. Uh, I guess you could say the band itself was kind of like the Spin Doctors kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90s. And, yeah, 90s. And it was like Spin Doctors kind of meets, I, I don't know, like jam band. Like uh, like uh, Fish. Yeah, and 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 then uh, and she sounded like a young Janis Joplin, not as raspy, but she had that big, really powerful voice. And so here you had this cool jam band '90s thing, and and the record was great. They were great, and uh, didn't just go anywhere. It just didn't really take didn't, off, and she didn't pursue her career after so, that band. So program. I worked with her on some stuff to kind of get her a deal and uh she was signed to Geffen Records and uh right at that time Natalie Merchant was leaving 10,000 Maniacs and they asked her to join 10,000 Maniacs. Wow. And she kind of felt like uh you know, I'm just going to I'm going to be known as the chick who's filling Natalie yeah. Merchant's shoes and I believe in myself as being my own artist, you know, and she didn't want to do it. And I think it pissed off the, the her label. It pissed off Geffen because now they had, they didn't know what to do with her. And they had a band, 10,000 Maniacs, no that singer. was selling records that had no singer. Right. And, you know, they kind of just, you know, at that point, they just let her kind of die on the vine. They didn't mm. do anything mm. with it. It was really too bad. Mm. I think Jenny was phenomenal. And if you can find the record or find it What's someplace, the call? The band check again? out. The the band is called Halfway Home. Halfway Home. And uh, we did two records. And um, you, should, you should check them out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good story. Well, there's, yeah. here's another question. It's the Jane Dan mailbag from Tori T., Says longtime listener, first time caller from sunny Grand Bend, Ontario. Hi. Scrolling through the Apple Music, they list all these bozos behind the boards. I'm thinking, how's there no engineer Jim behind the boards playlist? I'm assuming what that means is there must have producer playlists on on Apple iTunes or something like that. Uh, there must be. I, there I've must never be. I checked that. I'll have to check that yeah. out. So then it's a, she says criminal, and then she says Pat Muldowney should have talked to Tim Cook by now. That's probably true, and I'm sure Pat does know Tim Cook. Also curious. Here's her question: If Jim has any tales of the Air Monsterat Studios pre hurricane? Okay, where is that? Switzerland? It, it, uh, no, I. I uh, I believe Air Montserrat was in the Bahamas. Oh. It's a resort studio in the Bahamas. She and, says, uh, now, and she also, before you get into this, she says she wants to go snap one off into a Sobeys bag. We haven't heard that for a long time. <laughs> Why not, eh? Uh, well, that's, well, that's in the right. Bahamas. Uh, that's in the Bahamas. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the answer is yes. Nice. Wow. And uh, here, here, so this, this is really a great story. Um, the console that was at that studio, Air Montserrat, there were three Neve consoles built for George Martin. Uh, and uh, two of them went to Air in London, which was George, a studio that George was having built. And the third was his resort studio in Montserrat in the Bahamas. And uh, it was really the uh, one of the ultimate resort studios. 
And that Neve eventually wound up at A&M Studios in Hollywood, which is now Henson Studios in Hollywood. And uh, we actually recorded Usual Illusion on that same console. Wow. That was the board at Montserrat. No way. And well, when you, you guys see thing. the video, uh, Every Breath You Take, and they're dancing on the board, that's the board they recorded that song on. I'm talking about the police. Wow. And uh, when they're dancing on it in the video, that's the board. Huh. Now and that board is of the three, that's the last Neve board Rupert Neve ever built for the Neve Corporation. Now, is that so. the board you were sitting at in the, uh, is it the Patience video? Uh, no, that that was a ne- that was also a Neve, but that was at uh, the record plant, and that ah. was a much later Neve. This this one was built in like 1978. Is that the is the Neve board the board that Grohl? So that was at Sound City. The one that Grohl has that was at Sound City, that's sort of a late 60s, early 70s era Neve. That's, I think, an 8048 or an 8068. Um, And this one was like a 4792. It was some custom board. It just, it was, it had a little bit of newer electronics in it. But like the op amps that were in that thing and the transformers were just that board sounded amazing. No, my favorite. Very, board. They did We Are the World on that same uh, console. No, my favorite board is from uh, all music videos past. The one from Eddie Murphy's "I Like to Party All the Time." Oh, the one Rick James was behind. Yeah, yeah. that is the greatest video. Yeah, that is. If you've never seen the "Party All the Time" video, uh, first of all, Rick how long James, did Eddie? How many? Albums did Eddie Murphy put out? Uh, like, a few. He had a couple of songs with Michael Jackson, I remember. And I, when I was at Record Plant, he came in with his posse to do some recording, and they did like to party all the time. Party <laughs> all the time. Wait a minute. Crazy, man. Really? Holy <laughs> shit. So what was going on? You got to tell us. Eddie Murphy oh, comes just, in. Just tons of people. You know, it was nuts. It was crazy. Eddie, was Eddie in like a full-length leather suit, like the delirious yeah, stand-up yeah. comedy special? Yeah. Eddie is a yeah. guy you never see no. outside of a movie. You never see him on TMZ. You never see him yeah. in... The, media. the only time you see him is if there's a transsexual prostitute on the street. <laughs> he will pull up and he will, Come offer, cutie. he will offer that prostitute a ride home. Just a ride home, Dan. Just yeah. a ride home, for God's sakes. Come on, it'll be fun. Actually, <laughs> when I first moved here, uh, I, my wife and I went to a Laker game. And Eddie, at you know, first quarter, we're halfway through the first quarter. It's a terrible game. The Lakers are garbage. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a timeout. Eddie walks in. He's in a, he's got like the middle seat, you know, right at courtside, and it was like the whole Staples Center was just like Eddie, because <laughs> yeah, like you say, you never see him, right? So he comes, and he's got like this beautiful blonde girlfriend, and uh, yeah, just strolls in and kind of gives a wave to the crowd, sits down, and then third quarter comes around. Lakers, as I mentioned, garbage. Eddie <laughs> and says takes I'll off, and again the yeah. whole Staples Center like see you, Eddie. I was um. I lived in Hollywood sort of at the time of all the crazy uh, transvestite prostitutes and all that stuff, transsexual prostitutes walking up and down uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> and there were a couple of nights, like, and I'd walk home from the studio, so I'd walk to and from, because, you know, I, I well, one, uh, I didn't want to be driving, but uh, the other one was, and I lived close enough to walk, but... It'd be crazy. It'd be like, you know, three in the morning, four in the morning, I'm walking home and all these freaks are out, you know, <laughs> and I'm like trying to cross at the light, you know, like La Brea and Santa Monica and all of a sudden, and there's like all these, you know, the all the prostitutes hanging out there and they're all like standing there. Peddling their wares. The, and they all pretty much knew me. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. weird guy that's always <laughs> what the hell does who's who picks him up, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh the cops pull hey, up, you know, and I'm guy. like, oh sh they're gonna arrest me for they thinking him the thing I'm gonna trying to pick up this this guy who's actually pretty hot, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I'm standing there <laughs> like, oh no, you know? And <laughs> And literally looked like, you know, this guy looked like really like this smoking hot Latino young girl, you know, and all of a sudden 
the cops get out and they and they go right to him, not to me, and or to her. And uh, she goes, "Hey, what did I do?" <laughs> like, and this, I'm like, "What the fuck?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> That freak, so, freak me out. I'm so waiting the, for Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> so if the cops did come, were you just going to use the old, I'm just having a conversation? Yeah. 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 Just, uh, just, just, hey. just driving yeah. her home. Yeah. Her ride home. Hey, I, was think- that? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the other day about Hugh Grant. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I was living in Hollywood. That's what I'm talking about. I was yeah. living in Hollywood at that same era. And he went then. on Leno or Letterman? He got busted. He went, right that's yeah. how Leno became... Bigger than Letterman ratings-wise. Letterman was beating Leno in the ratings until that happened. And then Leno got Hugh Grant to come on f- his show first. Yeah. And that's when Leno, the first question was, what were you what doing? Were you doing? <laughs> and, uh, and after that, Leno beat, always beat him in the ratings. Yeah. Crazy, All it took man. was a, was a uh, prostitute uh, to really turn things around, which is really true of, of life in general. It was, it, you know, it was very festive Thanksgiving at my place because they'd hang out right in front, right in my front yard there. <laughs> it always, yeah. always make for festive holidays, you know. Come yeah. Thank you. We better get to our yeah. meeting. And uh, we're going to play our Josh Dumel and Connor McGregor interviews. Uh, it's been fun, though. Great to be back. It's great to be back. Uh on Twitter, uh, Engineer Jim is at Engineer underscore Jim. Uh, Rich Cook here doing a terrific job with the drops, producing the podcast. It's uh, Rich underscore Cook. P. Shrags for Peter Schrager, at Jay and Dan. And uh, fire us some tweets. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast these days. Uh, guests you'd like to have on, segments you're missing. Uh, thanks to MeUndies for sponsoring us. We do appreciate yeah, that. MeUndies.com slash Jay and Dan. 20% off your first order, and it's free shipping USA and Canada. And uh, I'll be at Guns N' Roses tomorrow night. So, uh, oh, Dodger, Stadium? Dodger Stadium? Yeah, Dodger Stadium. Oh, yes. boy. Yep. I can't wait to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what's up to the boys? Me, yeah, they're going to have me come down early. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Yeah. That'll be wild. That'll be awesome. Be a good time. Can't wait yeah. to hear about that. Some documentation right. of so that. So our, our tickets are... At Will Call. They'll <laughs> be at Will Call. Yeah. I'll be there. We'll see Perfect. you there. Okay. We'll uh, see you next week. Enjoy the interviews. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Hey, there we go. Authentic stubby beers. I like when people bring clips. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Jumel's here, and he is starring in Spaceman, which is out this Friday, August the 19th, where he plays Bill Spaceman Lee. And the first yeah. question, obviously, is... How much LSD did you do on set? Uh, I did a lot of LSD, but I mostly smoked weed. Nice. Yeah. He was a, a lot of weed guy, right? The, the truth is, and this is this is the honest truth, is the first shot of the first day, I was I'd just been released from the expos and he was out in his 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 you know VW bus and he was rolling a joint. And typically in those scenes they have like fake marijuana. Right. Well, this is a pretty low budget movie. And they just threw real marijuana in there and didn't tell me. So I rolled it up and started smoking it. So I'm high for the first half of the day. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. True yeah. yeah. Well. But I'm trying to figure out if it's low budget, wouldn't they have got... Yes. Well, they was uh, the the, the, the <laughs> art dire- the art director had it in his glove compartment. <laughs> there we go. That there. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's always so the yeah, art director. Did yeah. you spend any time with Spaceman? I did. I called him quite a bit before we started shooting. Uh, I remember him telling me, "Just cut your head off and let your body do the talking." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty graphic." Wow. Very deep. But it's true. I mean, that's pretty much the way he, the guy lives his life. He, you know, he got him into a lot of trouble, but that's also what made him such an iconic figure in both Boston and Montreal. Is that he often acted before thinking, and he was just—he's a purist in that way, and 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 that's why he was so beloved. And I understood later what he meant by it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it served me well in the movie in a lot of ways. I um, met Spaceman once. Yeah. Um, oh, you have the bat. Yeah. So uh, he came to this Did he event. make this bat? No, no. Uh, I'll show it to you in a sec. Okay. Um, he was at this event, and I brought him a bat. I said, can you sign this? He goes, you know, I was a pitcher, right? Because he wanted, he wanted to sign baseball. I said, well, I don't. It's, it's in the same sport. So he signed a bat for me. Bill Lee, Earth 2001. Earth 2001. That's his famous Earth. Yeah. But he was baffled. It's That's not like awesome. I gave him. It's not like I gave him a hockey well, you, stick. Well, he's making bats, so it's not that far of yeah, a stretch. Yeah, he makes bats. Maybe it's because it wasn't one of his bats. Oh, Maybe it's just that's a, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Now you played quarterback uh, in your hometown high school of North Dakota, Minot State University. You played at Minot State University yeah. as well. Um, who would you compare your quarterbacking skills to 
current day? Which current day quarterback? There's a shot of you just hurling it like a young I Marino. So, I sort of had a Drew Bledsoe sidearm release. Right. Right. Uh, Is that a crowd were, in the background? Were you equally like as yeah. immobile as Bledsoe? Uh, were you I was, pocket QB? Uh, well, I was. I was equally as uh, adverse to contact. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to avoid contact right. as much as possible. Makes sense. You know, I, I was a drop back pretty boy quarterback, and, and that was all I wanted. I didn't want to get hit. So yeah. I was just there yeah. to throw the quarterback and get the girls. You that had the solid idea. mullet, though. I right? did. I did have a very strong mullet. Yeah. And we were talking before the show. Your parents honeymooned? Yeah, my folks honeymooned <laughs> in Minot, North Dakota. Uh, you were, but you thought, I thought that he was. was kidding. You thought that was a bit strange, but to me it makes sense because Minot is the honeymoon capital. It was the well, it was the big city, <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah, they were from Saskatchewan. From, so. Okay, we're in Saskatchewan. Uh, Regina. Regina's a nice city. Yeah, it's a nice town, but it's no Minot. No, there not many places are. You know, you know what Regina's slogan is: "This city that rhymes with fun." <laughs> what's my what's my not slogan? Why not my not? Mm -hmm. Freezes the reason. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You're you're uh, shooting the new Transformers movie right now. Yes, I yeah, I literally uh, flew in for you guys. Got in That's about incredible. twenty minutes ago. Uh, I was supposed to be in last night. I've been talking to him for two weeks to you know make sure that you know I'm you know I'm leaving Tuesday. Got to be out of here at six to get on that eight o'clock flight. Yeah 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 yeah. Six o'clock rolls around. No, no, no. He needs you here, and we ended up shooting till twelve thirty. So I didn't get on the flight till eight o'clock this morning. I mean, he obviously doesn't oh, so we can blame he Michael Bay. He obviously doesn't care about this movie very yeah, much. Yeah, that's right. We're trying to, Shameless we're trying to talk promotion. a little bit about yeah. about this. Flex. Did you bring a Transformers clip? <laughs> no. Oh, we have a picture. No? Oh, we've got a picture. Oh God. Oh, we have a picture of this. Well, Oh, here there we go. Oh, there it is. Hey. Oh, ah. yeah, that's from the set. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing squats. <laughs> it was burrito day. <laughs> We're going to play a new segment here on the show. All right. Josh Dumel should not bet on sports. Oh, I, I guess this. I should. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yep. Prior to the NBA Finals, he tweeted out your prediction. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors have too much offense. The Cavs too little defense. Cavs will win game four, but that's it. Warriors win in five games. Hashtag, that's a lock. That should have been. That should have been. Draymond Green doesn't get ejected. It's that possible. series is over He's in five. Busy kicking guys in the nuts. That was a BS call. He didn't. He barely tapped him. Are you a big hoops fan? I am. Yeah. Did you lose a lot of money? No, I didn't bet on that. I didn't actually bet on that. But you know what? I got to give him credit. You know, LeBron played really well. Yeah, he sort of he sort of did his thing in that, especially Game Seven. Yeah. And then uh, North Dakota. I'm trying to figure out: Are you a, a Vikings fan? Are you a Bears fan? Maybe or? I'm a big Vikes fan. Vikes fan. Yeah, okay. big Vikes fan. So you got to be excited about this new stadium. That's. Coming. I'm really excited. I got to go see it recently. What? I just got my season tickets. What, dude? Yeah. yeah. If you ever want to use them, you're welcome to. Really? Yeah. If we're ever in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. Okay. Next time you're okay. there, just ring me up and you got them. We'll all hang out. We'll go to Paisley Park. We'll I see. won't be there. You won't be with. I'd us. be using the tickets. I understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. We'll just hang out. At Paisley Park. Uh, you did one of the coolest things. Uh, obviously, a cool thing being in the movie, but you got to throw out a first pitch at a Dodger game? I did, last weekend. Oh, last weekend, yeah. Here we go. That's just you doing a slow jog. Slow jog. Uh, no warm-ups. No warm-ups. I didn't have time to get nervous. I just had to get up there and sling one. Let's go for it. And... Yeah, oh, right. Nice. Jock was a bit uh, taken aback. That's my 57 mile an hour fastball. That's nice. Now you had to throw well, you know, Vin, Vin Scully told me to, to, you know, he knew that I was about to go out and throw it, and right. I just got a chance to meet him. And wow. I said, Any advice, Vin? I'm going to throw the first pitch. And he's like, Don't go all the way to the mound, just go halfway. I was like, I'm <laughs> promoting a movie where I'm playing a pitcher. <laughs> I can't not go to the mound and throw the pitch. Now you threw left handed in the movie, though. I threw right-handed in the movie, but they flipped the negative, and it looks like I'm throwing left-handed. Wow! Yeah, yeah. You must have been so relieved when you said movie they magic. could do that. I thought it was pretty clever of Brett. Yeah, that's brilliant, actually. Yeah. Brett Rapkin, everybody. Uh, do we have a clip matter. of this last thing we're going to talk about? The best gig in your career? Uh-oh. Now we have you a still. You oh, guys it's are, a still shot. Oh, God, yeah. This is one of the first things This is so funny. This was my first job in L.A. This was your first job? I was just I just pulled this up the other day for some guys at work. Oh, we don't have the still. Well, but. it's so quick; it's hard to stop it. So it now, are you it, dancing? Are you are you actually dancing? No, I was I I was uh, 
I was one of the friends who crashed this this slumber party. Oh, right. She was having a slumber party at the beach, and me and my boys crashed the slumber party. Mm. As, I, I, as you did. But I wasn't the lead guy. I was like the you know his buddy. You, you were I in auditioned the crew. for the lead guy. What year was that? Jimmy? And then I found oh. out that the lead guy had slept with my girlfriend later on. What? Yeah. So not also, only did he take the lead from my genie in the bottle video, yeah. but he also took my girlfriend. And then we broke the news right here on Fox Sports Live with yeah. Jay and Dan. All these years later. Yeah. And that man? Christina Aguilera's genie in the bottle video. That, that man? <laughs> that Mario man. Lopez. Mario Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Mario would never do that. Um, Josh, thanks so much for being here. Spaceman is out Friday. Uh, and now you got to head, well, you got to get out of town. You got you to gotta head to London now. Monday. Oh Monday. I got a couple days here. Okay. Yeah. We can hang out if you, you want. You want to borrow my hat? There it is. There it is. Spaceman. <laughs> here! School hat. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. And UFC 202 goes this weekend in Vegas. The headliner, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, and Conor McGregor joins us from Vegas. Uh, you had your uh, news conference today, and, and it ended with uh, you and Nate trying to share water bottles. What happened? Um, I don't know. I seen bottles come my way, and I acted in self-defense and threw bottles back. <laughs> um, you said uh, it was the Vegas traffic that made you late for the press conference. This is legitimate. Were you like at the win or something? Because for, trying to get from like the win to T-Mobile, Connor, it takes like two hours in a cab. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, what did Dana say after uh, the incident at the end of the news conference? Um, I don't know. We didn't. It was things were going crazy, so everyone just got ushered out. How how would you characterize your relationship with Dana at this point, Connor? Great. We have a great relationship. Good business. Um, he's a smart man. And we have a great relationship. And he's a businessman like you, so he must know you showing up late, that gets people talking, and then what happened at the end of the news conference, that gets even more people talking, and then that all translates into more pay-per-view dollars. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> Um, you've reportedly spent around $300,000 on your camp this time around. Uh, where did all the money go, Connor? Um, accommodation, flights, travel, gym. Um, it's a big expense to take an army of people from one place to another for eight weeks, which is what we've done. We've been out here preparing for war every single day. Um, and that's it. And, uh, you uh, mentioned before that, uh, as opposed to the previous fight with Nate, you had a more structured camp. Can you describe that? Um, well, training sessions were set up. We had a start time and a finish time. Before, we never really had that. And that was one thing. We used to just roll into the gym and train all day long. And That's not really specific to what we are doing. We need to be on at one moment and off the next. That's, these are five-minute rounds of high-paced um, action, so you must be prepared for that. So that, that's, that's one of the things. And then um, also we've been focused a lot on cardiovascular training as well. So I've done lots of rounds and lots of cardio, and everything's been structured. I've followed my nutrition plan perfectly. I am ready for war. Now, you implied earlier in the week, Connor, that Nate is over the 170-pound limit and that he'll use that to his advantage. Nate says you're making excuses. Your response to that? Um, I, feel, I feel he has a weight cut ahead of him, but it is what it is. I've prepared. I've been sparring middleweights this entire camp. I have had that weight been put on me and that pressure been put on me this entire camp like I said it's been a war zone every single day fighting the heavier man um, so we are ready is your uh, is your frame more accustomed to carrying that weight as opposed to before I'm certainly a lot a lot more used to it but uh, one of the things I've, I've stuck to a nutrition plan focused on energy and focused on performance and I've responded to it really well also I have not overtrained this time you know like I said, when you show up to the gym and train eight, nine hours with no real start or finish, you, you go into that overtraining mode. So we have been very careful of that. So my body has responded very well to this new structure. And I look forward to showing that on Saturday night. Well, uh, Connor, it's funny because last time we talked to you before UFC 196, we asked you how you had changed your preparations when you found out you're fighting Nate Diaz. And you responded with this. Take a listen to this. And Connor. Did you change your, your approach once it got named Nate for your fight? The only approach I changed is I dug the grave a little bit wider, a little bit longer for Nate's skinny, fat, long body. That's the only difference I made. That grave is still sitting there ready. <laughs> uh, now, but now that Nate's had a full camp, do you expect him, uh, do you expect him to uh, bring something different than he brought to your first fight? 
No, he will be a heavy bag with eyeballs, hoping I burn out the same way as the last fight. That is all he will be able to do, so... The only difference is I will not burn out this time. I will be still there teeing off on his soft skin. <laughs> uh, you saw him up close. You said he was uh, probably tipping the scales around 200. You still think that after seeing him today? Uh, he's in weight cut mode. I'd say he's closing in on the weight, but most certainly he had a weight cut. That's, that's without question. Uh, speaking of 200, uh, you said that UFC 200, that the card bombed because you were not on it. Looking back, do you regret the fact that you weren't able to be on that on that card? Um, yeah, of course. I was there ringside. I would have liked to be uh, on the card. It was a card that I was. It was built around me and this this, this match. So, um, of course, I would have liked to be on it. I don't remember saying the card bombed. I, I mean, it was a very successful card. The gate was phenomenal. The, the, the pay per view done done well. Not not McGregor well, but it's still done good. Um, the fights were a little bit. I mean, the fights weren't the best. But that, that, maybe that is what I meant by bomb. But the, the event itself was a pretty spectacular event. It was great. I, I believe it was like one of the last ones before the sale happened. So it had like a monumental kind of feeling to it. You know what I mean? It was like um, it was good to be there and sit ringside with the family who had created this. And, and then they had this. Uh, they sold it for four billion. You know, it was very motivating and inspiring to be there ringside and watch it all. I could sense something was happening, even though even though it wasn't announced yet, and I wasn't informed at that time. Uh, I could sense there was something. You, you were watching it with Justin Timberlake, weren't you? Yeah, Justin Timberlake was there. He's a nice guy. Um, he was supporting um, the fights, and yeah. There you are. We got a shot of you enjoying it. I mean, you when, watching you at that fight, Connor. Uh, what was going through your mind watching Jose and, and Frankie? Because it looked like you were just on the edge of your seat there, ready to get back into the octagon immediately. I mean, no, edge of my seat, falling asleep. <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't a great contest. Jose was on the run. Frankie couldn't hit him. I was just looking at my division. You know, I was looking at people who were speaking my name in vain. Are you bored of your division? I mean, is that part of the reason you wanted to fight Nate again? Sorry? Are you are you bored of your division? I mean, are are you looking at these guys and you're thinking I'm? I'm I mean, over I was this? certainly ringside. I was cer- I was certainly ringside to see what Frankie had to offer. I mean, his whole team. He was talking for so long about this and about that, and the momentum seemed to be in his favor leading into the fight. So I was interested if he can come through this, let's do it. Or if Jose can dominate him and 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 build inter- build my interest in, in that again. But I saw a safety performance running, um, uh, fighting ev- evasively. There was not. There was no want in it, so the last 20 seconds I was screaming at both of them to fight. So, I mean, but whatever, it is what it is. Uh, Connor, finally, uh, we want you to fill in the blank. On Saturday night, Connor McGregor will KO Nate inside two rounds. Thank you, Connor.